Hi everyone and welcome to the Friday, February 28th installment of the Silicon Insider. The only truly honest and uncensored look at life and business in the Valley. We're at our 1949 card table and ready to go. My name is Mike Malone and I've been covering this town longer than anybody. I'm here with my co-host Scott Budman, veteran tech reporter for NBC Bay Area. Hey. <laughs> We're recording this at the studio at PRX Tech Inc. in San Jose. Thanks, Brenna Bolger, and our producer is Tad Malone. Now, let's get started. Okay, what's the big story? I usually say big stories, but yeah. we know what the big story is. You know, this started on Monday, and we, we found out what would happen if the coronavirus really affected our economy. We've been talking about this for a couple months now, right. and now it's here. It really came with a big way, and, and you know, what was the, the genesis? It wasn't the Apple warning, it was maybe the spread where it became not just Asian countries, but into Italy and then the Middle East. Yeah. And it just took off like a wildfire, the panic, I should say, well, it's, through our it's markets. Well, it's relentless because that curve of infection is not flattening out. No. No, not at all. And it's spreading. And then even in the Bay Area, no less, to find out that someone came down with it that didn't seem to have any yeah. sort of contact with an outside coronavirus victim. Yeah, we have no idea where that one came from. And, and we're starting the... to get a few people that are asymptomatic, right. which is also frightening because they become typhoid Marys out there in the population. And this is the week that it went from something over there and a health concern to something right here and a right big here. concern for the tech economy. And again, not to... Uh, talk down about how important this is as a healthcare, but this is a tech podcast. Yeah. And this is the week the tech really got hammered by coronavirus fears. Dow down 3,000 points. Yeah. As, as falling of, today. Right. So 4,000 yeah. points. Um, today, as we speak, uh, an up and down day that's already seen a thousand point drop yeah. and then coming back up and then going back down. So who knows where this week will end up at some six, almost $6 trillion of value in the global markets wiped out since Monday. Yeah, we're gonna. We may lose twenty twenty. I mean, the economy. We may we may need no see no growth in the United States and in most countries of the world negative growth. Right. I mean, the focus I think becomes on containing this. Yeah. And then getting rid of it, as opposed to growth. And what do you see when you see growth? You see conventions. You see profit margins. You see sales. You see new markets. All of that has been taken off F8 the table this week. F8 got canceled. F8, that's a really big one. That's a big one. That's Facebook's uh, developer conference. Last year, more than 5,000 people were in this city, in San Jose, because of F8. Yeah. As of Thursday, it was wiped out, and uh, that's a big loss for San Jose and a big momentum killer for the tech industry. Is that the one that Oculus comes to and all of that? Yeah, you see a lot of that. Now, Oculus also pulling out of Game Developers Conference which okay. is in San Francisco a little later. Yeah. F8, though, we do see Oculus every year because they say, here's the new whatever it is, the new Rift. All the developers say, right. let's get in there and make some games. We won't have any of that. Nobody's leaving their houses. In certain, right. in certain parts of Italy, I saw videos. Those are ghost towns. Now they're talking about putting, giving kids two months off from school in the UK. I mean, this is this is just going to stop the world economy in its tracks for a while right. until we get good news, you know. And the claim, well, it might start to disappear once the weather warms up. We're not seeing that yet. No, and then you get these, and and granted, they're they're horrible to even hear. But these comparisons with like the Spanish flu of the eighteen hundreds, where yeah, it went away in the summer, then in the fall and winter it came yes. back, 
And that's when everybody... 1919. Yeah. You know, 15... Started in 1918, but 19, 19... Yeah, well, it started with troops in the yeah. barracks. And yeah. then within a year and a half, 50 million people were dead. And that was 1919 after it came back. Yeah. And that's the fear of something like this that's gone to pandemic status is even if it goes away and our administration or the Chinese government says, hey, we've done it, we've gotten rid of it, what if it comes back? What if it comes back? And I have and no idea. And we now idea. had the first cases of multiple infections of the same person where they've been cured and then all of a sudden they catch it again. Right. So apparently you're not building an immunity to this thing. No, that's a good point. And they're saying it's a lot like, less like SARS. It looks like SARS, but it's closer to Ebola in the way it, and AIDS in the way it attaches to your immune system. Yeah, it's very scary. And You know, I used to look at those old black and white photographs. You remember the cop standing in the street directing traffic in the early 20s and he's got a face mask on? Right. Yeah, and I thought... Go to any airport now and that's all you see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I see it in, I see it in supermarkets around here now. And when you're in a... Right, in a supermarket, not to mention an airport, and you see every traveler wearing a mask or looking around kind of carefully... Is it any wonder that these conferences are being canceled? Oh, absolutely. I mean, How would you feel, even as someone in the Bay Area that hasn't really been hit hard with this yet, saying, hey, yeah, come on in, jump on a plane across whatever ocean. Right. No problem. And I can see why these things are, are really slowing and we're gonna down. And we're, we're starting to see violence, you know, uh, racist violence against Asians, kind of indiscriminately yeah. attacking people. Uh, I tell you... It's going to get worse before it gets better. There's no question about it. And the concern on the business side, there will be obviously, like you say, less consumerism, less buying of American goods. We've IDC seen... predicts yeah. tablets and notebook sales expected to drop 9% this year, smartphone sales to drop 2% this year. And those are very early estimates. Yeah. I was looking at those last night thinking, okay, that's what they're saying technically in week one when it comes to the tech industry. Yeah. And yeah, this has been a bad week, but... We haven't seen any turnaround yet. We've only seen worse and worse predictions come out of CDC and the government. Uh, and so those numbers could easily get lower or yeah, higher. And I think it's going to be smartphones because that's a product you put next to your face, True. next to your mouth. You know, uh, okay. Meanwhile, the con men are out. So Facebook is now banning ads. Apparently, the, uh, Facebook is awash with ads from people offering cures. Well, this, this is what Facebook has become. Yeah. And this is why I was so surprised that they said it's okay if a politician lies because we're going to let the electorate sort of sort through whatever they see on Facebook. Yeah. But now at least admitting, yes, this is where hoaxers go. Facebook is stop one. And they're going to put a lot of ads and a lot of products out there. Hey, send us money. We'll cure coronavirus with God knows what unsafe product. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm glad they're banning them. My, my question is... Can they even find them all? Yeah. Uh, the, the stories of people yeah, the who one thing are... About, one thing about sociopaths is they're usually quite smart <laughs> and they're quite clever. Yeah, and, and the stories of what people are doing because they've seen things on Facebook are just shocking. I mean, we just need to stop listening to anything and trusting anything we, we see on Facebook. It's, there's just too much uh, because it is stop one for hoaxers. Now, putting aside any cynicism, there are companies that are going to benefit from this. Yeah, we're seeing that. And we see this in recessions. We see this sure. in other travel bans. We, you and I talked a couple weeks ago about Netflix. Yeah, well, the greatest thing that ever happened to Hollywood was the Depression, the Great Depression. Because yes. 
you had a nickel, you know, you couldn't do much else, but you could go see a, a double feature in the afternoon at the local cinema. And it would take your mind off the economy. Yes, and it was all upbeat films. It was all musicals and everything else. Uh, so Netflix is, is up, Zoom. Well, for different reasons. So Netflix is what we yeah. do at home now. And, you know, if you have young kids, hey, we don't have to go out. We've got Netflix streaming all this entertainment. Zoom is sort of the business of that. And then yeah. we saw this post 9-11, where instead of flying, companies would do their business over, uh, you know, over phones and over tablets and over computers. Zoom, which went public not long ago, has seen its stock price double. And it was a very impressive IPO. This is one of the hot yeah. stocks already because they're selling out of their products on uh, concerns about travel. You know, I didn't think about it while it was happening, but this last week, I had six conference calls. It's yeah. literally tripled the number I usually have. And, I, and I'm sure it wasn't conscious. It just seemed like, you know, we needed to do it that way. But I think in the back of all of our minds, we're beginning to change our, our habits, our behavior in certain ways. I mean, we were joking last week about the Winchester waiting at the door for the Amazon guy. But, you know, it's starting to look a little bit more real. We're um, staying home. We're staying. If we are going to work, we're staying in. We're not traveling as much. These are all very safe precautions. You know, we yeah. haven't yet, I don't think, reached the crazy paranoid hunker down that you're joking about. But we're already at the point where a Zoom or a Netflix makes more sense simply out of caution. And that's why these conferences are getting canceled, because why have people fly when it seems that being inside a, a tube crossing the Atlantic yeah, or the, sharing the same right, uncirculated It's just air. kind of an unsafe thing to do right now. Yeah. Um, speaking of gainers, uh, here in Silicon Valley, which is interesting, taking the lead over, say, you know, the Cambridge guys, yeah. uh, we're seeing some biotech companies work not only on their own, but more impressively to yeah. me, working with the Chinese and with other countries to try to come up with a... Uh, I guess you'd call it a virus, a cure of some sort. Right. Uh, Gilead Science is a big one. Oh, yeah. He's, we'll, we'll talk about Gilead okay, we'll talk to them. here. Yeah. They're, they're just up the road in Foster City. Veer, V-I-R, Biotech uh, uh -huh. in San Francisco. Profiled them a little while back. Um, and it was about a month ago, their stock was about $12. Yesterday, it hit in the 60s. Because oh, they it. are working, again, not only on their own. They're still a small company, but they're working with Chinese scientists. And this is going to take some time, but even on the, I guess progression of a possible yeah. antidote money is pouring into these guys yeah but you know even the president warned last week even if they get a, a vaccine it's going to take a right. year to disseminate it around the world and now we have the first cases of sub-saharan africa and believe me having been many times sub-saharan africa nothing's going to stop it there right and that's and, where things spread quickly you're right and, and, and that's where things mutate too as they go through multiple bodies uh, oh, Square, too. Yeah, Square uh, is an interesting thing. A lot of these companies, PayPal got hit. They warned already, along yes. with the Microsofts and HPs and all the computer companies. Square, though, turns out, does their business here in the U.S. Uh -huh. So they're so far a little bit, and I stress, a little bit protected yeah. um, because they haven't said, oh, our business, you know, like the Apples and the Teslas saying, well, our business in China is slow. Square is still doing it here. And for the time being, they've come in with strong earnings. They've come in with a strong forecast because so much of it is in the USA. Uh, so that's really helped and, I guess, protected them. Well, we'll see. I mean, one of the things about epidemics is this inevitability, this curve. Yeah. And all we can do is sit here helplessly. There's nothing much we can do except change some of our behaviors. Right. I mean, you've seen By the, the way, another interesting group that's benefiting from this, this sort of 
niche world of homeschooling. Uh-huh. which has been anathema to educators and the teachers unions and all that. But now they're, you know, take the UK. You send your kid, your kid comes home for two months. You know, is he going to sit around the house doing nothing? No, little Susie's going to need some homeschooling. And I think this is going to be, have an interesting side effect that some people are going to leave the educational system and not come back. That I hadn't thought of. So would people do it on their own or would you trust your young kids to go to somebody's house or vice versa to sort of make it a school-like atmosphere with many children? I think you're going to improvise. If you're working at home too, you'll probably be teaching them at home. Interesting. If you still have to go to work several days a week, you're probably going to do one of these, you know, neighborhood clusters. Hadn't thought of that. All right, well, that's uh, it's been a crazy week and, and there's much oh, more to come. And it's going to get even crazier. Yeah. Okay, we have some other things. There actually was other news besides <laughs> coronavirus. Um, YouTube isn't covered by the First Amendment. Did you see that one? I did. Uh, this was some university or something, right? Talking about how they're... Uh... Well, it's PragerU. Okay. Which is um, Dennis Prager. He's a conservative right. guy. He's created this kind of empire of courses, of downloadable courseware. And... It's more libertarian than conservative, and it's it's fairly. I mean, there's nothing radical about this this thing. It's not white supremacist or something. It's it's pretty good educational stuff, and um, he started getting censored uh, by YouTube. This was a number of years back, right? Which is the last couple of years? Oh, yeah. okay. Because I remember he sued at one point, and then I guess he won. He right? won. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess YouTube came back. And Prager just lost in court. Ah, okay. Uh, essentially, and, and so basically the precedent is now set that YouTube is a private entity. It's not covered by the First Amendment. The First Amendment is the government cannot censor free speech. Private industry can. That's true. And we kind of allied over the two things in normal life, but in this case, there's now case and precedent that YouTube can censor and cut off anybody it wants. Well, and isn't that kind of going back to Facebook uh, saying, okay, we're not going to censor this, but we will censor this. And so if you put false information about coronavirus cures on Facebook, yeah, maybe you're covered by the First Amendment, but Facebook says, all right, that's got a danger to the public. Right. We'll pull it off. Now, the interesting question is, if you've ever seen any of this Prager University stuff, you'd have to wonder what what the sensibility was of YouTube to decide to censor these guys when you see a lot of other really nasty stuff on the web. This is a a pretty decorous, uh, you know, educational material. I mean, I I cover this stuff all the time, and I agree that there is not a single standard by any stretch of of what's taken off and what's banned and what's not. And that goes for YouTube and Google and Facebook and Twitter, and it's very inconsistent, which is why nobody is pleased. Right. Everybody is unhappy. Everybody's pissed. Yeah. Okay, also, iPhone (laughs) is only for good guys. I bet you didn't know that. This is my favorite story. (laughs) This demands a uh, a college PhD thesis. Yes. iPhones for good guys only uh, in in movies. Yeah, so if you're making a movie, I guess uh, the director of Knives Out. Which I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very Ryan Johnson, su- very successful movie. Yeah. Uh, hugely successful, given the nature of it, especially. Apple won't let villains in movies. You know, there's obviously product placement, and everywhere you look, you see that glowing 
back cover sure. of Apple computers in every movie because of product placement. Apple is not allowing bad guys in movies to use iPhones. Now, this is according to to Ryan Johnson, the director, yes. and, and he's got a lot of clout in Hollywood. I've seen many of his movies. I, I'm just wondering, I, I saw this and, and I was really searching my mind, like, is this possibly true? You know, we've seen creepy people yeah. with iPhones. Uh, have we seen quote unquote bad guys with iPhones? Now yeah, I don't know, then we must. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm sure this wasn't is not a written policy. I think, you know, Apple has to clear every script before it does a product placement. It right. probably just says, no, that guy's not going to have an iPhone. You know? That would be interesting. But in it's the same weird. Movie, right. It's just weird. Would you say, okay, the hero over here gets an iPhone, but the bad person, he's got to have a Samsung. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the hero's usually the less interesting character than the villain is. I mean, I would... I would go into a whole business of just providing phones to villains. Right. Because <laughs> you, know, the, you could make it look a certain sense. Yeah, they're the way. only ones you remember. Right. They have films. sound effects that are scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And they win all the Academy Awards. <laughs> okay. That's not bad. All right. All and right. Great story. Uh, so let's pick our winners and losers winners of the O'Grite. week. And, I, you know, it, it's it's hard to say. I would say the winner this week is Zoom. Yeah. Um, not just because of the billions it's pulled in on the stock market when we've lost trillions. Um, but it's it's letting people communicate. It's so early in this, I'm afraid, yeah. that we're going to see a lot of companies go up and down because of this. But so far, Zoom, uh, right down the street in San Jose, has capitalized. They went public at the right time. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, got known at the right time for this, and it's all lining up where they're apparently they they can't keep their their you know software on the shelves or on right. the digital virtual shelves. Uh, so that's something that at least is allowing business to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe even this is how we're going to communicate healthcare-wise. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about how healthcare professionals are at risk. Maybe this is how we do this, too. We talked for years that, you know, teleconferencing will save on energy and reduce pollution because you're staying off of planes and all that. I wonder if this is the catalytic event that drives it from being an occasional thing to the centerpiece of companies. Possibly, but we said that about post nine eleven business. Yes, that's true. And people got back on planes. And speaking of planes, yeah, uh, my loser, loser this week is the airline industry. Yeah, uh, I mean conventions being canceled, travel being canceled, uh, and I get it. I don't think this is panic type stuff. This is rational. Hey, what's sure. step one in taking care of yourself? I think any aggregation of strangers <laughs> is becoming is yeah. becoming kind of a stressful situation. I mean, it was interesting. I, I was on stage the other night at the Computer History Museum, and there were 500 people there. And I, I remember thinking, how much longer are we going to have events like this this year? Right. And getting into an airplane is worse because they're recirculating the air. I can't tell you how many plane flights, especially transcontinental and international flights, where I've ended up with a sore throat or sick a few sure, days later because common. I'm... So anybody on that plane is going to infect everybody else. Right. Now somebody on that plane has this dire disease. Right. I mean, we're all gearing up for the next one. I, I know I'm set to cover the Game Developers Conference, and that's going to be the story. On everybody's mind isn't going to be, uh, well, it certainly won't be Oculus because they're yeah. not going to be there. Neither will Electronic Arts, by the way. Wow. They've dropped out, which... A GDC without EA, that's, say, that's, that's like a tough an empty conference. They insist they're still on, but even if they are on, that's what's going to be on people's mind. Like you just yeah. said, an aggregate gathering of a whole lot of strangers. Right. And how many will be in masks? How many are going to be avoiding that close contact? 
I interview people for a living. I've never been fist bumped more than since my high school days back in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody's doing it now. Yeah, or no the elbow thing or, yeah, yeah, they won't even shake hands. And uh, that says something. It's on people's minds. Well, I think you start doing that calculus. You go, do I want to go to that baseball game? Well, it's open air, but there's 40,000 people there. Do I want to go to that shopping mall? How many strangers do I walk by at a shopping mall yeah. on a given visit? That's why this is so early. Yeah. Because we don't know what's coming. All right, your winner. Gilead Sciences. You know, we, we talk about tech companies in yeah. Silicon Valley, but this is a foster city company with $22 billion in revenues. And nobody even knows about it, but they think they may have the vaccine. At least they have the, the, a, a medicine that works on the symptoms. Right. So they're starting. Uh, down in San Diego, there's Innovio, and they claim they're almost there. And then finally, I, I, last night, coming out of uh, Israel, Galilee Research, and they think they actually have a vaccine now. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, all the barriers to uh, testing in the field are, are going to disappear. You think they'll it's, get fast-tracked? Oh, by they're the going to get. They're going to get beyond fast-tracked. <laughs> yeah. They're going to get hyper-tracked. Hyper-tracked. Uh, and then it's a matter of. How fast can you make it? Right. And I think any company that develops that vaccine, you know, they could be the biggest winner of the year. But I think that cultural, social, and political pressure is going to force them to give that vaccine up to every one of their competitors. This, oh, yeah. this is going to take every single company right. in the in the biotech world making this stuff as fast as they can. And that's what encourages me is that they're working together, yeah. not just on their own. Yes. All right, you loser. China. Yes. Uh, it's more sense. than just the fact that their economy has stopped dead in its tracked, but tracks. But I think this is going to affect China and the world's relationship to China for a generation. Yeah. I mean, three years ago, they looked like they were going to take over the world. They were expanding, building islands in the South China Sea, and they were going to build the new Silk Road. And everybody was turning to China because they had the money and it was, you know, getting revenues from there and, by, and joint ventures and everything else. And now, now that we realize that China may not have been upfront on this stuff. That is what hasn't even been looked into yet. I was yeah. going to say, once whatever happens, happens, and you start looking back at how this thing started, that's going to come up. And it, it, at this point, I think the worst comes to worst, the world is not going to trust China. That's the concern. For a long, long time. And I think as bad as it is economically for them, I think, oh, by the way, you look at Taiwan, and they're doing a brilliant job of, of holding off this disease. And they're, they're, they were, they're forceful, they were strategic, and that's right in the face of China, which has always said, you know, we're going to crush Taiwan and that sort of thing. Um, I just think that China is going to be a loser for a long, long time. Though I notice even more cynically, they're starting to claim that they're the heroes in the story and even whispering that, oh no, this didn't start, actually didn't start here. The Americans had something to do with it. We're starting into the paranoia spin right. game now. Right. Uh, let's figure this thing out first before we start. Yeah, let's solve it. it. Yeah. yeah, let's heal people first. Yeah. Okay, right. well, assuming we're out of time. So yes. assuming we're still here, 
<laughs> What's the likely big story for next week? Well, I think we know what it is. I mean, we're just getting started on this. Where does the market go from here? We're yep. going to see more company warnings. Uh, I'm checking constantly, updating to see which conferences are going to be canceled. I think we're going to see more of those. And um, just, I, I, you know, this is new for a lot of us. You know, I got, invi- I got invited to give a dinner speech in Reno in early April. Yeah. And I was an old friend, so I accepted. And then I, after I signed off, I thought, wait a minute. I got to get on a plane and go in front of a crowd in early April? Maybe a road trip. Yeah. This, maybe. Could, be, uh, this could be the road I may, trip. I may, see, I may see Tahoe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, the other big story is Super Tuesday. Right. It'll be interesting how this will affect voting patterns. I'm surprised it didn't come up even more in the last debate. Yeah. I thought the whole debate would be on this. Um, but the Democrats are still bashing each other. And I get it. It's, it's exciting. I'm a political wonk as well. Right. This is fun. Uh, but yeah, Super Tuesday may clear the field a bit. Yeah. And that would be an interesting thing because we, we haven't really drilled down. It's still sort of six people taking each other on. We haven't gotten down to the, the nitty-gritty. Yeah, and it's interesting that the electorate will choose to say, this is extreme situation. We have to take radical measures. Let's just, we need a whole new voice and everything else. Or they say, we got to hunker down with old pros. There, there's, this isn't the time for social experimentation. Right. We got to do the blocking and tackling of stopping an epidemic. Well, and you look for maybe the Democratic candidates to start bringing up Mike Pence's name now that he's been brought yes. to the forefront. Obviously, they're name checking Trump at every opportunity, the Democrats are. Right. But now it'll be, hey, this is what I do better than Mike Pence, which is. Yeah, hasn't one of the problems in election year is obviously we have two camps and they're, they're trying to throw trash on each other. And this may be a time when. You should be working together right. to deal with a, you know, a dire situation. And wouldn't you, you know, just throwing this out, but what the Democrats have done is really said, okay, here's what we're going to do against Donald Trump. The Republicans have been, here's what we do against the Democrats for a long time. The last time, and you just said it, the last time we've seen people together that I can remember was 9-11. Yeah, absolutely. And they came together and it was great for, I don't know, a couple of months. Yeah. You know, and then fragmentation started happening and we knew, all right, things are back to normal. But uh, it would be good to see people come together, the parties come together to fight this, much like the biotech companies. Yes, exactly. I think we can all learn from the biotech companies. They're doing a noble thing. All right. Okay, that's it for now, folks. You can follow Scott on Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, watch him every weeknight at 5, 6, and 11 on NBC Bay Area. As for our producer, you can find Tad's work these days on Instagram. Have a great weekend, everyone, and uh, I guess stay home. (laughs)